All right, folks, welcome in. We'll get started here in a second as as Costa made his way in. Uh, please jump in with questions. What that was? Uh, that was a game. Um, I uh, would take six more of those. Um, it's a lot to lot to get to about uh, about about this one. Just just like off the top of my head, you know. On on one hand, you have Boston's. I think I think it's safe to say they're not getting eleven threes from Derek White now Horford again this series, but. I mean, if they're going to win the series, they're not getting another, you know, kind of stinker from from Jason Tatum. I think he distributed the ball well at times, but he was very tentative, and I think we'll get into that with Costa when he uh, gets in here. Um, um, we also saw kind of down the stretch something that, that has happened. Um, I, this happened last year to the Warriors a little bit um, in the play-in games. Um Steph had such a good game that the other Warriors were reluctant. Um, you know, Dray- Draymond's inability as a scorer, I think, was a, was a factor tonight. Um, and, you know, uh, the, other, the other were a little bit unwilling to, to take shots and, and really get on the ball. And I think that played a big part in Boston's run. Obviously, you can't go on a 17 nothing run without without some defensive stops. And I think that, you know, the, the well, Steph figured out was maybe a little bit of, of the, uh, the mindset. And that, that's, I think, again, that happened to the Warriors um, in, in the, in the both playing games last year, I thought. And I think it, it, it kind of uh, it came back to him. And, and uh, he, here's Costa. If you, if you can unmute yourself. Mute button there we go. Bottom right. Sorry, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you know, uh, welcoming back to the show, he was one of actually one of my first guests back in January, I think, is uh, Kosta Medvedovsky, uh, creator of Darko, among other things. Um, I roped him in to give kind of immediate post game reaction. Well, uh, what'd you think? Uh, it was it was pretty pretty wild finale there. I was, uh, started writing some notes in the third quarter, and I was obviously had to flip them, uh, <laughs> rip those up, and <laughs> uh, you know, it turns out if you just hit every three, you know, open and not open, you know, good things happen for you. Um, it's it's tough to make to, uh, for me at least to make too much of the, too much of this stuff when it's like you know just you ripped off like six, six of eight open threes but I guess if you like sprinkle them out uh, sprinkle them throughout the game it looks a little less like total nonsense uh, but you know, obviously a, a, a great great result for Boston there. I mean I think that I think that the 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 number of threes I think that sort of pads the margin but I, I think that I think that the the comeback like. Wasn't wholly dependent on. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was. I mean, they were like seven for seven for three to start the fourth quarter. So yeah, that that probably helps. But at the same time, their defense was better, and Brown got to the rim a couple times. You got the the lob from you got the lob to to Rob Williams, and um, and and a couple of those threes were pretty open too. I mean, like the uh, yeah yeah they did some good things. You know, I, I, but. It, when Derek White hit the, the, his second oh my three, God. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 yeah, no, there's just, I, I, I think I scared the cats because I, I cackled very loudly when the like the, the shot clock winding down, jab step, hand in the face three from Derek White. Sure, let let me yeah, just play. Just like, let me just play Steph Curry to a draw in the fourth quarter because you know that's that's <laughs> something that that's a thing that happened. Um, yeah. Um, 
So I I think we get back to the like you know bigger picture things to take away from this game. Uh, you know, for the rest of the series, obviously huge, huge for Boston to get one um, on the road. But are we worried about Jason Tatum? I think that he I, was like he was he was like there would be there would be takes tonight and tomorrow if Boston had not come came back and won that game because he was pretty ineffective. I want to say for for the bulk of that game. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously he, he he didn't score a ton of points. He had a bunch of assists. He had what well, I'm looking at, 13 assists. Um, uh, you know, he, he didn't shoot great. <laughs> Three of 17, uh, maybe he, he shot pretty terribly. Um, but I thought he was reasonably reasonably effective defensively. I, you know, maybe not up That's to fair. his usual standards. Um, I don't know. I, I would not. I, I'm, predictably, I'm, I would say don't read too much into a 3 of 17 shooting performance. It's not so much the the three of seventeen itself. It was how, like, starting from the opening the opening couple possessions of the game, it seemed like he he was struggling to even get his feet right on the catch. It was it was very strange. Like there was, you know, he's been you know unlike a lot of kind of ball dominant wings who kind of aren't always willing to just take catch and shoot threes when the ball comes back to them. That's something he's been very good at and. It wasn't that he wasn't looking to do that, but it seemed like he just, like, five or six times tonight, it seemed like he had to shuffle his feet to get himself on balance and, you know, had some bad misses, like, because of that. I was, do you, you, know, do you have I, a theory as to, like, what was causing that? Um, I, hmm. No, you, you know, venturing into the psychological. It almost seems like he was trying, like, this is pure projection, psychoanalysis, whatever. But trying so hard to let like his first finals game come to him that you know you like I think we saw last in last year's finals like Devin Booker maybe went like the other way a little bit like I gotta I gotta stay aggressive and maybe got a little too aggressive and kind of took some of the other sons out of the game. I think he was he was I don't know what the word like too patient indecisive I'm not even sure how to describe it but he seemed like. From the rhythm he, he we've seen him play, he was just out of sorts. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I saw on Twitter you, you called him tentative. I, kind of, I, I think that, that was, that's a pretty fair description. Nervy. Uh, well, nervy was the word I used to describe this okay, like start to the game. Yeah. Um, uh, but so, yeah, I, I definitely I think I definitely saw some of that. Um, again, it's uh, I, I don't like to do a ton of psychoanalysis, but the right. first finals game. Uh, it's, a, it's a big deal. I can sort of give him a little bit of a pass there. I, I, I'm not necessarily sure I would read too much into it as far as going forward. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but, I just, but it's also just like contrasting, you know, that like the difference in styles between him and like Jalen Brown is a, you know, Tatum is a is kind of a side to side more crafty player, and Jalen Brown is, you know, straight ahead, full speed, full force. Yeah. It seemed like. That was that was a, a little bit more of almost what they need, just to kind of yeah, get was, some momentum. Yeah, it was that kind of game for them to you know to. It is tough to outwork the the Warriors, uh, so just like go go straight at them. I think I think there's a there's a lot of value there. Yeah, I do think so. They did at the end of the first half, and they didn't ever really got back to this. Uh, they this is something that I that I remember well. I, I tweeted about this. This is something that. You know, we didn't in in Milwaukee before Mike Woodenholzer. We didn't even went under, but like 
we we didn't switch very much, but in the in our our first round series against Celtics in in 2018, we did start to switch more. And Boston countered by any time they like pick and roll, and Eric Bledsoe switched on to, to he just went dove straight straight down to to you know the post either right to the front of the rim or, or to the block, and it seemed like. Second quarter, Boston got some good stuff doing something similar to Steph, but they never really got back to that. Certainly not in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, it was, you know, the ball was in Brown and 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 White's hands for for most of the the relevant possessions. It seemed like. And Pritchard, don't forget Pritchard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I, you know, do do you have uh, you have praises of Derek White you want to sing anymore? I mean, I thought like legitimately, I thought he you know Steph made some shots, but I thought he he did an excellent job you know in one on one defense against Steph. Um, probably was more effective against him than than you know even though Steph did get a couple on him like the, that that kind of like reverse pivot up and under layup, but it seemed like White bothered his dribble more than anybody else could. Yeah, I mean, why, why, I'm looking at the box right now. I see White had a game best, uh, you know, plus 25. I, I say don't, don't like citing single game plus minus, uh, but, um, you know, it's sort of consistent with, uh, the eye test there. He, he was the, he was the guy who was giving Steph the most trouble despite, you know, Steph obviously had a, had a great game. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think Steven's got to be feeling pretty good there about, uh, about, what white contributes. And I think, I think I saw some early chatter. <laughs> white was sort of duplicative of, uh, you know, smart skill set. Um, it's like now that, you know, they're slightly it's different players. And also uh, it, looking towards the playoffs, that's not a bad skill set to duplicate. Like, yeah, like, you know, strong ball, ball guards who can handle the ball, have a little bit of size and can shoot a little, um, and, and, and you can defend like, um, I don't think too many of those has ever been a is has been a problem for anybody, ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like, that is definitely fair. Like, like maybe a little bit up, a little bit higher up the positional scale is like the player everybody's looking for. But still, like, you know, both of those players can guard up spots, and like, yeah, you can't have enough of those guys. Um, yeah. Question. Uh, yeah, uh, so go ahead. I was going to say the question with you know White was obviously you know could he shoot uh, obviously uh, he, he shot he shot this game pretty well he shot uh, actually I don't know his uh, his sh- shooting with Celtics offhand but uh, I think he's proven a little bit better than he, he was with the Spurs so far. He's been he's been an okay shooter for most like a a not a, a not you can just leave him open shooter yeah. for most of his career even though at times in the Milwaukee series he was that. Um, I question it up, from totally wrong. It turns out, yeah. A uh, question from uh, Mike Connors in chat: Do we think that Golden State's offensive rebounding advantage is sustainable? Uh, Rob and Al did not do a good job this game. I like, yeah, no. Kevon Looney was, and especially in the first, you know, especially going kind of through three quarters, Kevon Looney might have been the second best player on the floor. Um, and yeah, you know. I mean, the Celtics uh, have. Go big, but they're not. Uh, they're not a great rebounding team, and I think Looney matches up uh, well with them. I think uh, you know. I don't know. You'll see the, exactly this level of uh, offensive rebounding, but I, I do think uh, I would expect the, the Warriors to have a consistent offensive rebounding advantage, um, so long as Looney's on the on the, on the court floor. 
I do think, and I also think part of that is a lot of the offensive rebounds were off of, of uh, Draymond missing shots at the rim, which tend to be better offensive rebounding opportunities anyway. And, and sure. I think I think that's really like Draymond's lack of offensive threat. Um, well, let, let me ask you about this because this was something that I thought like. I thought Rob Williams was very effective in kind of messing up Boston's offense, but some, like I was like some of the commentary game kicking out to Green with nobody near him, and he'd drive towards the basket and then kick out, and then Boston would scramble with help from Rob Williams and shut it down. Um, I don't know. Did you like? Do you think that that's a that is a good look or bad look for? Who who is it? Who does that situation advantage? I if they're if they're just going to say we don't think Draymond is going to score, that strikes me as something that's positive for Boston. But I'm to be talked out of it. Uh, no, I, th- I think that's, that's probably right. I, probably right. Insofar as if you think there's like a a player who's totally not going to score, you can really you know game plan to that to that uh, to that effect. Like. You, it, it gives you a big advantage. Um, I think I, I think your take there is, is at least consistent with mine that uh, you know Draymond's just like going to be totally ineffective uh, on the offensive on the offensive end, especially on the half court, um, uh, and you can't score. Uh, then that, that's going to be a real problem. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's it, this is uh, you know. You've kind of seen the answers to the test a little bit, but what was your what was your um, you know a priori sort of take on the series going into it, and how did yeah? You... I... Go ahead. So it was you know Darko had uh, the Celtics roughly a point better on a neutral court, uh, depending sort of what you do with Rob Rob Williams. Uh, the other had him like you know 100. Uh, percent It was like a point and a half to two points better on a neutral court. Um, but so I, I had the Celtics as like 55, 45 favorites uh, for the series uh, and an underdog for this game. Um, so th- that was that was obviously actually relatively like milk toast compared to some of the other yeah. projection <laughs> systems. You know, yeah. famously like you know, five thirty eight Raptor had the Celtics as like an eighty percent favorite for the series. Yeah. I think ESPN's BPI was like eighty six percent or something. Something. Uh, so, but you know, I had the Celtics a little bit better, not not like hugely dramatically. Um, and so you and then if you uh, you you plug this game this game result in, and then you like run a sim. Um, I, I now get the Celtics as like 73 percent to win the series um, uh, using using the darker projections. Um, I, I, that, I would think that I would think that the road team, you know, the road team winning game one in a seven game series, it's probably that's probably close to you know. The average, I, I would, I would guess, you know, uh, yeah, the road team up one, one nothing. Like I, I would, yeah. I would, if you, if you asked me, like, what percentage of the time did that team go on to win the series? I would have guessed somewhere in like the sixty-five to seventy percent range. So I think yeah. that you know, so it's it, basically it's still like reasonably evenly matched teams. Um, yeah, I, and I, I don't, don't think there's a there's a huge gap here. Again, I, I think I had the Celtics. A little bit better, I would say. You know, despite the big blood, and maybe this is me as a I'm overly nervous. I'm a Celtics fan. Uh, it's like I kind of actually did not. This did not make me feel like, oh, you know what, the Celtics are like uh, amazingly better. I, I kind of thought they they got, they got incredibly lucky with some of the, some of their looks uh, towards the end. Um, so I remain, you know, I, I still think it's a pretty even match series. 
Yeah, no, I mean, it, it evenly matched series, but you're, you know, you've got a 10-yard head start in the race. Yeah. So that, yeah. Um, no, this was, I mean, it was, it was, you know, I've been saying this kind of all week, like, coming in, like, Golden State has looked much better in the playoffs, but Boston has played much better teams. So, yeah. and as well as teams that, like, you don't look good against. Like, in particular, like, Milwaukee and Miami, nobody looks good against them, like, even if they win. So, like, uh, but it's still, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to not, you know, we're 20 minutes after the game ended. It's hard to not get caught up in sort of the, 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 like, the avalanche, like, towards the end. But this was, like, all throughout the game, like, you know, there was a big run by each team in the second half. But this was a, it's certainly the first half and the open of the third quarter, Seems like this has the potential to be a very evenly matched classic series. Yeah, I, I, I think this is going to go. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think we're about to see a Celtics net series here or anything. Um, I think it's going to go go ways. Um, the Celtics, uh, you know, look, they shot fifty one percent from three. Uh, and, you know, Standard. So, yeah, uh, so there's, there's a lot of. There's a lot of regression regression to the shooting coming, um, but you know I, th- I think that these are two two very close teams, um, and just like a little bit, oh, a couple things go slightly different, and the Warriors win this. You know, I should, and I should sort of reinforce, you know, the the market price on this on this game is that the, the Warriors are actually a half point better than Boston neutral court. You know, I like think the they're they were minus one forty for the series and. You know, three and a half point favorites in the game. Um, you know, and that, that price tends to be pretty good. So, and that, that again sort of reflects that these are two very, very close teams. You know, Darko's a little closer on, heavier on the Celtics, uh, but it's not like a huge difference, really. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think uh, to some extent that's probably a like price and not totally being confident in Williams and a little bit smarts physical, like where where they're at physically. Um, yeah, and um, you know, I think, and I think it like smart look fine tonight, but I still there still are, you know, um, <laughs> like even even with a banged up knee, he's so athletic that like there's some where it looks like, man, he's not really moving well out there, and then he like blocks a Curry step back three, or he like you know yeah. lays out at half court to tip away a steal and, and starts a fast break the other way, so you know, he doesn't look right, but good enough to be on the floor and be reasonably effective. I think if there's one thing we found out tonight, it's Daniel Tice probably can't be in the can't can't play in the series. Like his his first half minutes were not pretty, I didn't think, for Boston. Yeah, uh, I I'd say yeah, Tice I don't think can play. The I guess the other yeah asked me to have one other takeaway was like Jordan Poole, I, I'm not sure where he fits it if it's uh, uh against Boston. Um I, I feel like they Boston's need a lot more from him offensively. It, it, like, yeah, uh, and like I don't know. I mean, like, I, I hate to over-index on one game, but it's it just seems like he is really you know again white and uh, and smart and brown. It's just like they're, the Celtics are really well optimized to sort of shut down his his yeah. his, his kind of game. It feels um, you know they they got a lot from him you know down the stretch. So, so if he if he's not an effective player, then like maybe that's like one actual takeaway here beyond just. You know, I, I, I'll read in the back. Yeah, no, I, I do wonder. Like, this is this is sort of something you, we we've seen from other teams, and I, and again, I think we've seen it from the Warriors at the time. We've seen it at times from the Warriors this year, 
Um, I think in particular we saw it, uh, you know, right around, if you remember, they struggled, um, you know, right around Christmas time when Steph was about to break the, uh, the three-point record where they, get, they were so, the overall team was so deferential to him that it's sort of almost, you know, Jordan Poole's the guy who can play with the ball in his hands, but if everyone's just, you know, Steph and maybe Draymond do something, it kind of reduces him almost just like a spot-up shooter, and, you know, then, he, then he's a spot-up shooter who's, who's small and can't guard anybody, and that, that's, uh, yeah. that's, he, becomes, he becomes Grayson Allen then, and that's, you know, that, that's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's not. That's player's value. I'm being, I, I, I'm being, I'm being flipped, but that's you know, he becomes that player type. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to get back to you know, and people listening, please jump in, jump in with questions or thoughts. I, again, this is, um, it's 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 kind of hard to compose thoughts quickly after the game, so be a little bit scattered here. But I did want to. Part of the reason I like having you on is good is we've talked a little bit about like. The, the preseason the being all over the place. Uh, uh, actually, let's take a let's take this question from from uh, from uh, friend of the show uh, uh, quickly, and then then I'll get to that point. Evening. Uh, hey, hi, hey, Seth, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, thanks for chiming in. Uh, what's on your mind? Uh, what I wanted to ask was where was Gary Payton the second? I think. He was he was he would have been a good candidate for uh, like ten to twenty minutes. Um, I was wondering if it was because of the injury or stuff or. Yeah, I think I like they you know they said he's available, but I think there's a little bit of. Um, I think people are like, like, uh, my guess is he like he was technically available but probably not really available, and so it's because he didn't even play in the garbage minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you don't want to play a guy coming back from an injury, you know, like a, a contact injury, like two minutes in garbage. If this was a hockey playoff series, you put him out there at the end, and oh, sorry, I just tapped you on the elbow. Um, would, would sort of be would be you know that as as happened in the uh, in the, if you remember when when Tatum got the shoulder stinger in in the Miami series. Somehow, for the next twenty minutes of that game, anytime there was a dead ball, there was a kind of a heat player running into Tatum's right side. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think, like that's, I think they're like so. You just, just, I don't think there's a lot of point in in kind of you know just even risking out there. But I, I don't think he's, you know, with with two games off, maybe maybe game two we see him. But it, it does seem like it, can he make any difference though? You, you think? Um, I mean, we've we've talked about sort of the the you know athletic can handle the ball a little bit, can defend up, uh, can shoot a little, um, you know, with respect to to uh, to, and you know, Golden State doesn't really have that guy without without, uh, um, you know, Peyton. I mean, it's you know the the like as I think that saw at times how important Otto Porter is for them. And it's you know different positionally, but I think Peyton would be similarly important. Like Porter is important in this series because he's a he's a guy with enough size and movement to be able to, you know, you can't leave him on an island against Tatum or Brown, but he can you can you can put him there and he won't get embarrassed and he can shoot. And I think that you know having you know one more guy who can who can defend the ball. You know who can who can get into Jalen Brown's dribble and maybe cause some turnovers that way, 
and then will you know attack the offensive glass and and have good movement on the offensive end. Like yeah, that's that's you know that that that's uh, if Jordan Poole is not going to have the ball in his hands, I think you get close to as much an off ball offense between you know his cutting and his offensive rebounding and massively more on defense. So I think having that just that one more guy available um you know and and that that also like might have the effect of of shrinking Boston's rotation like I think that that Peyton might just like physically overwhelm Peyton Pritchard and if you know you, then then you know Boston's rotation becomes pretty short pretty fast if if you know you, you if you start to to get you know whittle it down even more by having a, a another guy who's just you know matched up off the floor so you know I think he I think he would be a a uh a, a really uh, you know important add for Golden State to get back do you agree uh, yeah I mean uh yeah yeah I, I would yeah I mean he's a he's, he's a, As a, filibuster. a good player I mean uh, he's a good player. I think obviously get, getting additional good players on the court is always, is always yeah. useful. Um, uh, I think uh, in terms of matchups, he, you know, I think he, he has maybe some limitations. Uh, but like you said, he, you know, he's a tremendous defender. He can shoot a little. Um, he's, he's a guy who's going to cause maybe that with a broken elbow. So yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe that's it. That's like he's yeah. available, but if his shooting is like a little off in practice, you know, we don't really know. Um, uh, like maybe it just wasn't a great fit. I mean, it's not like you know last year. Last year it was like even though Chris Paul could really, literally couldn't throw the ball at the basket from three point range, teams were still reticent to go under against him or to not just leave him. I don't think team. I don't think Boston feel the same compunction about Gary Payton until he proved that he was you know. Uh, Danny, you. Uh, but yeah, yeah I would expect to see him in game two. Yeah. If not game two, then then game three at the latest, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Danny, what uh, what's on your mind? Uh, mute buttons at your bottom right there, if you if you want to. There you go. When did Al Horford become? How did he become such a dominant player all of a sudden in these playoffs? <laughs> this like if there's one <laughs> if there's one question. player that I wanted to to have coast on to talk about, it's Al Horford because I don't remember if we talked about this. If we've talked about this offline, or we talked about it when when you were on uh, in January, um, like Al Horford is like is almost a perfect representation of of why like evaluating players is hard because yeah. you know you look at like okay his Philly time and then his you know the his sabbatical year in OKC and it's pretty ah oh, he's done um, yeah clear, clearly not the case. Um, but at the he's same a, time, he's a, he's a great example of sort of the, the difference with you know the various the various all in one metrics that they're they're, they're capturing impact, they are not capturing talent, um, and that like you know he, his impact may have been pretty bad. Uh, you know, pick, pick whichever metric you like with that sabbatical year and that Philly time, but like the talent is clearly still there. He's still just a very a very very good player. Um, he was just like not being put in a position where either he, he gave a shit or was in a position to, to, to perform well. And I'd, I'd also, you know, add that um, considering like the, the amount of basketball that most of the league has played over the last, I don't know, at this point, what is it? The, the, like 
20 months or so when that, that probably gets us to most of the playoff the bubble playoffs the fact that that he didn't he you know the the Sixers were, were quickly gone and uh didn't play didn't wasn't around um, you know in terms of the the cumulative fatigue that we've seen catch up to you know a bunch of teams whether it's you know certainly affected Milwaukee I think um He's despite being thirty five, he's he might be like fresher than a lot of guys who have you know similar levels of experience. Am I is is that is that is that a crazy take? I don't think that's a crazy take. I I always sort of wonder about this cumulative uh, cumulative rest thing. It's I I can't think of a good study design, but people talk about you know so and so has so many X number of miles on him. Uh, or like has played a ton in these in these in these playoffs, and like I, I, I I'm not saying I don't believe it, but I can't think of it. I, I always want to sort of validate it someone. I can't think of a good, good study design that's like to disaggregate it from just like the underlying talent of the player. You know, I I, I can only we again. You know, I can only speak from you know close up experience from like one deep playoff run, and you could. You could you could see it on guys' faces, like coming in in the morning that they were just like drained. Um, yeah. Now you know that's so I like that that is a real thing, and I you know it would be hard to come out of the the Milwaukee and Miami series and not think that there's at least something to sort of cumulative fatigue. Now the the over multiple seasons thing is a is is, is a other question, but I don't yeah think that's, that's what I mean. I mean obviously back to back to back. So. You know, three and four. That that's a thing. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering more about the, you know, has played like X number of minutes in the last like two years or twenty months kind of thing. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Even, I don't know if it's 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 minutes so much as just like, you know, have like with these short off seasons, having just the time to mentally kind of reset, just cause, just just to you know, get in get in in like the the, the right space to. You know, be in the moment or whatever. I mean, it's it, I, I, it's tiring. You know, you've yeah. You know, um, so I I don't know. That's maybe there's something to that, or maybe he just like you know found like Boston is is a better. I mean, it's probably obviously it's a combination of both, right? Like he he's probably fresher because of that, but also Boston is a much better role for his skill set than. Philly was in Oklahoma City. Like he was too good for a team that was trying to lose. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think. Oh yeah. So that's a that's a segue into like I've been I've been having discussions where I thought that this was a particularly hard series to sort of predict for a number of factors. Um, and I've gotten like pushback from people who, like, on the one hand, people are saying they like, trust Vegas. On the other hand, people are saying, "Well, what is special about this series that makes it more difficult?" Aren't there like weird factors in every series? Um, do you have any? Do you have any particular particular thoughts on that? And well, you know, I definitely this is... agree this was a, a harder series to, to forecast than most. I mean, just in terms of. Uh... The, the market price difference from the various like metrics of, uh, and uh, you know public metrics is was like pretty huge um, you know and especially as like there's been a lot of convergence in the public metrics you know they they sort of uh, come closer and closer to uh, to mirroring Vegas and like when they disagree it tends to be like 
availability of some player uh, driving things. And obviously, you know, that was not really what's going on here. There's just a, a market difference between like the market price and the, the analytics, uh, the an- analytics supply price. Um, so I, I, I definitely agree with that. the high level takeaway that there's, there's it's a more unusual series than, than we've seen elsewhere. So the interesting thing is some of these systems is even before Boston, like got good, a lot of these systems really like the Celtics. Yeah, so the, the I the I first I first started I started first noticed the Celtics were were good. Uh, um, you know, and we talked about this on Slack, uh, where it's like uh, when I think five thirty eight had the Celtics, uh, you know, incredibly highly highly likely to you know make the playoffs and be, uh, have a have a home uh, playoff series and had them at like 15 percent to win the finals or something uh, and we you know we were joking about like what is going on here because this is when the and, Celtics and they were in like 10th place yeah they were like in 10th place I was talking with Boston other Boston fans were like maybe it's time to like trade Jalen Brown and blow it up um and but then you, you just you look and like actually they had, they had like the best margin of victory uh in the east um, I think most of us were sort of disregarding it because this was there. There was a lot of like thirty-five point blowouts against COVID replacements there. Um, so like you know, a lot of us sort of. I certainly, I certainly was disregarding it. I was like, wow, this is kind of a nonsense win against a Nets team that doesn't have like Durant or Kyrie and is playing against a bunch of like street free agents. Um, but those you know started like piling up, um, and I think there's. In, in some ways, it was like short-sighted, and uh, I, I violated my own rule of never throw out data. Um, I was intuitively <laughs> was throwing out a ton of like a ton of data uh, against these like COVID replacements, and I think in retrospect that data turned out to have predictive power. I I'm not, I don't know if I'm willing to go to go that far because it's like games where like three of the players were playoff relevant. <laughs> like, like, how much is that? That yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe it tells us. I mean, maybe the, the signal there was that, like, like you Udoka is a, is, a, is a good coach. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I guess, which uh, was you I know that it's it's better to beat uh, beat those guys by thirty five than it is to beat them by you know twenty five. Right. <laughs> um, is the is, is I guess the takeaway? Yeah, I mean, obviously like, you still have to like down later. Like most of these guys are not ever going to see uh, playoff basketball. Um, but I think that that was like where, where they started popping sort of in early January and started wondering like what's going on here. Um, and then obviously, you know, then they went on a, a run of actually winning some games uh, and other people started, you know, other people started catching on. Um, but I was pretty, personally pretty late to them as well. Yeah. I mean, and then, I mean, the, the other big inflection point was after the trade, like, and this was earlier, like, you can't just... You know the the it not given how good they've been since the trade, but like it was you know Derek White was kind of has been a a kind of a metrics darling for a little bit, and but there's like like the specific context of San Antonio contributed some to that. So you rightly and you've done you know more work on this than anyone in terms of when a guy gets traded, he tends to get worse, yeah, um, or tends to show up as worse in. In, in sort of these metrics. Um, and so you, you add this guy and you subtract a negative player in Schroeder and all of a sudden, wow, four-point swing in those minutes. And 
it doesn't that's generally speaking it doesn't really work that way but it was closer to working that way than not in this particular case yeah this is the the real like the, the rare example where there is a guy functionally close to a replacement who was playing a ton of minutes for a team that had pretensions at contending like you rarely get the opportunity to swap in to have such a clean swap in and out like that um, although, it, again, they were already sort of like rolling uh, by the time of the white trade. So, you know, I, I, I agree that trade helped, but uh, it was our, like the I, I don't think Stevens would have done that deal necessarily if like the team wasn't already kind of on a roll. No, I mean, hadn't they sort of already started to, to close with Pritchard instead of Schroeder anyway? I mean, and, and that, I mean, a lot yeah, of their... That's right, yeah. A lot of their record early in the year was being bad in the clutch, and a lot of that yeah. was Schroeder, um, I think. Not that, not that this is like the, you know, let's, let's bang on Dennis Schroeder, but at the same time, like, <laughs> he's not here, and they're winning. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think there, it's funny, because Derek White seems like he very, is very polarizing players. Like, there's, there's a lot of people who are like, how is this guy good? Um, do you have, uh, you, you know... Uh, Obviously, if he's making every three, um, it, it, it's, it's pretty obvious. But that's that's unusual. So, do you have any any you know any thoughts as to what people are what people are missing about him when they just sort of see like you know me, mediocre shooting, maybe slightly turnover prone? Um, well, you're uh, just describing uh, Marcus Smart there. Uh, no, I mean it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's sort of a. <laughs> It's a it's a classic profile, right? It was like a guy who kind of can't shoot that uh, shoot that well, but you know, just deep defense is you know we, I, it's close to half of the game, um, and it's uh, not not necessarily each player's uh, role is half half offense, half defense. But it, there's just a lot of value to defense, and there's a classic sort of prototype of guys who. Um, you know, are good are good on, are good on the defensive end, especially with help defense that'll lead them to being kind of polarizing and like not obvious, not obvious that that even their top level defenders, and not obvious like why is this why is this worth like his like two of eleven shooting performance in a way that like in some ways Gary Payton's like, a little bit more obvious like why he's not so valuable because he's such a stellar one-on-one defender and like you watch him and you just like really can lock a guy down and white white excels defensively sort of at the the more health aspects of the game is is my sense he's i mean the defensive style you'd almost like alex caruso is maybe in terms of being able to get get over screens and around and 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 bother players that way in in a similar way that that, that Caruso manages to and another player who is like you know uh, how is this guy good he averages eight points a game um, and then you go uh, you mentioned Marcus Smart as a comparable player but you kind of go all the way up the kind of the skill ladder and like the sort of the best example is Drew Holiday yeah and you know Derek White well, is not Drew Holiday but it's Drew a, Holiday, yeah you know, yeah it's a similar kind of you know okay. He, he he can be like a, he can be one of the best players on the floor shooting three of fifteen, but he you know plays stellar defense, gets four steals, starts a bunch of fast breaks, and makes makes a big shot at the end. And it's like oh yeah, he's really good. Um, so the, the question I've always had about the guys like White, um, sort of these like 
try hard guys who are are very uh, you know very very gifted at, at, on the defensive end at a lot of the the effort plays getting over screens stuff like that um, and is like do they scale for the playoffs like can they can you build a team around these polarizing maybe very impactful uh, impactful guys who have really really clear offensive warts. Um, it's like at some point, like maybe they just can't play in the playoffs. And I mean, obviously, well, tonight he played. He played <laughs> great. Uh, I don't. I don't, don't want to say we get an answer from a single game, but that, that's always the question I have with these guys. That like, at some point, does it break down? You know, in a playoff series. I think it's a pretty like this is my sort of casual observation. Is there sort of a line, like you know, it's it's like. You know, previously it was sort of the Andre Roberson line, or the Tony, like even the Tony Allen line. Although Tony Allen was, you know, both good enough defensively and figured out ways to, in most matchups to do enough offensively. But it's like on one side of this line, there's like, you know, Andre Roberson or Matisse Thybul. Yeah. And it, and and and, ju- and like if you're just good enough offensively, and you know White, you know, with his ability to shoot a little and and handle and handle the ball a little bit. Like he, you know, if he's guarded by Jordan Poole, he's a credible point guard. Yeah. <laughs> and and so, you know, and and I don't think he could say that about Matisse Thybulle. So, yeah, that's, uh, I, you know. Thybulle is a good a good example here where yeah, it's like he seems like oh, they seem kind of comparable players like, you know, crushing on the defensive end. I just said defense half the game. Uh, but then it's like, oh no, you just can't play this player. Uh, yeah, although, of, although if you put if you put Tybal in the if you put Tybal in the Gary Payton role, like, does that look differently? If you like, if you don't, if you yeah. if you say, okay, you know, you're going to be in some actions, you're going to cut along the baseline, you're going to like, does he look different? So it's that's it's even more because I think that you know Gary Payton is is he's improved as a shooter a little bit. But he's kind of skill set wise the same guy who's bounced around. It's just he found like a role where he can be a contributor on offense to the point where his that that can unlock his defensive ability. And so it's it's you know that's a that's sort of you know coaching and fit matters is is an yeah. extreme example. I was gonna say and also me playing alongside uh, Steph Curry uh, yeah, helps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think I, I do think that there are you know there 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 would be similar opportunities. Like Embiid is a good enough player that there should be opportunities to to you know feed off of him. It's just a question of whether Philadelphia has the schematic creativity to do yeah. that. Is the nice way I'll put it. Um. <laughs> um but like no more shots about teams that that have been home for a while. Mm. Yep. Kind of. Uh, I, I know it's I know it's past midnight where you are, so I kind of wanted to to wrap up pretty soon. Again, if anyone else anyone listening has any other questions, um, I'm going to do this. Uh, you know, we're um, going to do this with uh, Mike Prada on uh, on on Sunday, um, and then uh, for Game Three, uh, Raheem Palmer of the Ringer is going to come on, and, and I'm not sure who for Game Four yet, but uh, going to do this after every game, but. Um, Anyone with any other questions or anything else you wanted to wrap up with on this game? What are you expecting to see in game two? Um, I think that, you know, most longtime observers, the NBA are kind of, I, like my assumption going in is a fairly comfortable, dare I say, wire-to-wire Golden State win because that's how these things 
seem like they tend to work, but you know, maybe that's just me being too narrative driven. No, uh, you know, I did a little research on this uh, last year, uh, sort of how how series state impacts uh, imp- impacts things. Um, you know, just like is it is a team is a home team down uh, one zero? They play different, and like the the effect was like pretty big actually uh, in a decent sample. I, I was I was pretty surprised, uh, and I, I, I think I tweeted out some results to this effect, and then I had a bunch of, like, sports bettors, like, say, like, again, dub, buddy, like, we've known this for, like, 20 years. Um, <laughs> so I think, I, um, I, I think, uh, I think your expectation is pretty similar to mine, um, and I, I don't have the numbers offhand, but it's, it's, it's like a two-point swing, I want to say, which is, like, in these terms, a, a pretty it's like a, like a series, like a series rubber band effect. Yeah, uh, the, the, yeah, exactly. It's like it's a it's like kind of a shockingly big effect because um, you know there's and the sample is like pretty big around this stuff. I I, I was pretty surprised. That, that that's um, interesting because I've I've I sort of um I like like I you, you see it in the line for the game line, and I always thought that had more to do with like trying to avoid getting like middled on individual games and series or something like that but i guess it's if if there really is an effect then maybe it so it's you're saying it's more direct than some sort of like bank shot trying to avoid you know yeah i i don't think it's like uh bankroll management or you know risk management for them i think i think this is uh you know apparently sports betters have known this for a long time and the book you know the books are reflecting that and it is sort of a common sense, like that. Yeah, I guess like teams, like uh, yeah. There's a, there's a play, oh, rubber band effect. Although the sort of the fun the fun thing I found there is like down three zero, teams do kind of give up, and actually the the rubber band sort of flips uh, down three zero. Like the, the team that's down just like gives up. It becomes more of like a, a catapult effect of what, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the, the Cancun catapult just to get us up out of here and to the beach. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, it's kind of like it's like oh, that kind of makes sense. That's like kind of mirrors like you know human psychology. So it's like yeah. kind of pleasing when you don't get a totally counterintuitive result. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, obviously, you as a Celtics fan, please tonight. Um, anything else you wanted to to add coming out of this one? Other than I hope I hope I personally hope that we get like that was a really high level basketball game, and if we even if the even if like it's there, there may like there's going to be so, there's going to be some blots in the series because that's sort of how it works usually. But like if we get basketball of this quality for six or seven games, um, it it justifies slogging through the Eastern Conference Finals. I would say. Yeah, you know, it was, it was obviously a, a great game. Uh, it's like you said, the, the blots have become some of, something of a bummer. Uh, in the playoffs, so it's it's always fun like to get a, such a good game and you get like a classic series out of this. Uh, you know, hopefully one with a Celtics win at the end. Uh, that that'd be a, a pretty great outcome. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious to see uh, what kind of adjustments are going to happen. I'm curious in of uh, you know we didn't really talk about Grant Williams. Um, he kind of got a little beat up. I thought I'm curious what's going to happen there. Um, like, like in terms of uh, like, like, like he did. He took a pretty nasty fall, or he's, he's saying that his minutes were not awesome. His minutes did not seem awesome to me. Maybe yeah. I, I, I don't want to again generalize too much on one game, but I'm not sure if I, in the same way that I like 
beat up a little on Jordan Poole. I'm I'm not really sure if Grant Williams yeah. can play in this series. It's interesting. I mean, he I you know it was interesting. There's a there's a point in the series where he was like chasing Clay Thompson through off ball screens and. I was like, okay, I was, I'm, I'm, I was about as big a fan of any as anybody of Grant Williams pre-draft, and it's like, if you had told me that four <laughs> years from now in the NBA Finals he will be credibly chasing Clay Thompson off of staggered screens, I, I would not, I don't think I would have. No, that was not, that is not something I was prepared to, to even I was not, it was not something I was uh, willing to suggest that was going to be in his his toolbox, but I. I, I do wonder if he like you know like that was like uh, when he uh, I forget was it Looney or Draymond that he kind of I think it was Looney that he kind of like fell over and landed pretty hard in his hip in the in the in the first half and I I do wonder if that if if there's some effects of that and maybe that you know I I wouldn't be shocked if we heard something about him being uh, yeah. up on the injury report for game two yeah that makes sense yeah. Um, well, that's a it's a bummer to leave it on. Uh, you know, thanks thanks for <laughs> thanks for uh, agreeing <laughs> thanks for agreeing to uh, to join on, on short notice and th- thanks folks for listening. And uh, you know, we'll we'll do the same thing again on Sunday, ten, fifteen, twenty minutes after the end of the game. And uh, uh, with uh, with me and Mike Prada, thanks for uh, thanks for for listening, folks. And uh, hopefully, uh, talk to you after another great game on Sunday. Have a good night. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely.